With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For over 20 years, Dr. James Maxwell and his team at Crestwood Dental have been providing quality care to patients of all ages. They offer a variety of services from cleanings to cosmetic dentistry and restorations with today's most advanced technology, including the most up-to-date lasers, digital x-rays, and impressions. They offer Invisalign and custom aligners with their 3D printer. Crestwood Dental accepts most insurance plans and a membership program for uninsured patients. Schedule today at 314-463-5655 or CrestwoodDental.com. This is the Last Minute Blues Podcast with Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango, and former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers. Powered by Together Credit Union, empowering you to achieve your financial goals. It is the Last Minute Blues Podcast. Donnie Fandango, Jeff Burton, and the dude... Jamie Rivers. How you doing there, Mr. Rivers? I'm good, buddy. I'm good. How you doing today? I have to tell you something. Okay, go ahead. I love, and I mean love, and I mean love when I see you out socially. Uh-oh. No, no. Just when I see you out, like when we are out socially at the same time, uh-huh. at the same thing, I love it. It's just great, man. <laughs> it, it is just fun, and you and Anthony were there last night, you know, at, at, at a toast to Jeff. And it was just uh, like it's, it's always you know great to see you guys or whatever, but it's really nice, man, when we can like get, you know get out of here and do yeah. a little bit of hanging out. No, I agree. It's uh, it's a different animal altogether, and it's a lot of fun. You know, we got such a great group of people here at Hubbard Radio, and you know you put us all in a, a small area or a, a one venue, we have some fun. And last night was incredible. You know everything that. The guys from the Rizzuto show put together, as well as yourself and Hubbard Radio and then the pageant. So many amazing people showed up to toast Jeff. And it was cool, you know, walking through to get to the bar, grab a couple cocktails, and people just talking about Jeff or story they remember about me or something about the podcast. And it was pretty awesome, man. It was great to see such uh, such support from, like, relative strangers. Yeah, oh, ab- absolutely. Let me let me ask you this, and, and you can – dude, you can – Get as deep on this or, or or skim the surface as much as you want. But, you know, one of the things that I've talked pretty openly about, even on the air and on socials, obviously, is this whole thing with Jeff is still something that I absolutely still am having trouble wrapping my, my, my brain around it. But when I see the events like last night, it certainly helps. How – where is your head at? How, yeah. how are you – Making it through because not only did you lose Jeff, but you also lost your pops on top of that in a really short period of time, man. That's a lot of big loss in a little bit of time. Yeah, it. Well, you know, I'm a real busy guy, and that seems to cure a lot of 
you know, the, the downtime of just sitting there and thinking about things. And, you know, some I'm sure some people be like, well, that's probably not healthy. Well, it's just the way I deal with it. Yeah. And uh, I have breakdowns, man. I do. I mean, my girlfriend will tell you there's days or there's nights where something will just hit me. And I'm just like, blah, this is that night. I'm yeah. just going to have a bit of a meltdown here. And it sucks because, especially at this time of year, like my dad, his birthday is December 25th. And so Christmas, obviously, December 25th. And, you know, it's just hard. There's certain things that remind me on a daily basis of of dumbass Jeff, you know, where he would have said something or done something. And like last night would have been a perfect example of, although it was a toast to Jeff for, for situations that, you know, we'd like to not have to deal with, he would have been hilarious there. He would have been hilarious. He would have been so much fun. And I, I honestly, at one point last night, was like looking for Jeff. And it yeah. was like, uh, dummy, he's not here. I mean, he's here, but he's not here the way you want him to be. Yeah, I tell you, man, I I enjoyed all of the performances last night. I mean, we really have some amazing talent in oh, St. Yeah. Louis. But I'm going to tell you something, and I don't know how many people know what uh, some of the stuff that I'm about to tell you, but Justin from Blue October was absolutely, that five songs w- was breathtaking. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was stunning. And I don't know if you know this, I don't know if the people know this, but when Jeff got really sick, a plan started to be put into motion to put together some kind of benefit show, all right? Loosely based on a benefit show idea, getting bands, raising money for Julie, all right? So when this idea was brought up and pitched to Blue October and their management, they immediately committed immediately said, when do you need us to be there? What do you need us to do? What time do you need us to be there? It was never him and Han, nothing. I mean, nothing. Then, on top of that, Tommy, hey, um, to to, uh, Justin and his management, hey, uh, what can we do to take care of your flights here? What can we do to take care of your rooms while you're here? No, we don't want that. We're here to come for Jeff We'll take care of all of that. Don't worry about anything. Dude, like, l- listen. That's crazy. They don't have to do that. No, they, they don't. They, they do. I mean, at the very least, they could have said, oh, man, that's $1,000 worth of plane tickets or whatever the hell that it is. And they, all of that, they insisted on it. Justin was volunteering to do anything and everything and everything that he could. And so, man, I think that it's very important for us to know when we got bands that are good humans. Mm-hmm. And Justin and that Blue October camp, man, they are wonderful, wonderful humans. And as long as I am the music director here, we're going to play every goddamn song that they release, man. Like, <laughs> good. I, I just, I, I just, you know, man, like, it, I, I, you always kind of wonder a bit behind the curtain about these yeah. folks. You know, and especially... Well, you never know. Yeah, well, especially a guy like Justin that has had his share of major life ups and downs. Yeah. But... You know, man, I also think that it shows, like, an incredible side of, like, redemption as well. You know, the ability of what Justin was able to 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 bring last night was something that if he was all doped up and strung out, he would not have been able to do. No. And and, and him telling how much his conversations with Jeff helped him along in those struggles. And, dude, I mean, it's so incredible. It's made me a fan of Blue October who I really wasn't a big fan of before just because of how great of folks they are, man. Yeah. Well, it says a lot. It says a lot when you get individuals like that that say so many nice things about Jeff and then certainly put the effort forward to make sure that they're a part of it and they can help out.
everything last night, man. Seeing seeing all those guys, seeing the Urge guys there was was awesome. Um, you know, seeing the Cavo guys was great. I haven't seen those guys in ages. Uh, the lead singer, I, I can't remember Casey. Yeah, Casey. Mm-hmm. Um, we had met at a Christmas party eons ago. At Clint Lowry, guitarist. Oh yeah, Dust. absolutely. And so Clint had a Christmas party and. Clint and I go way back. I've known Clint since I was 19 years old. And so I show up at this Christmas party, and Casey's there, and David Freeze is there. And we had like a little powwow in Clint's basement. And I haven't really seen Casey since that. And he, we saw each other last night. We're like, oh, my God. Yeah, man. Yeah. And I really like I really like that band in the sense that when they started, you know, like they were a pretty meat and potatoes um you could almost call them a knuckle dragon rock band, and they have since kind of sort of evolved into this like just really cool straight ahead rock thing that's not too aggro, not too alt, like it's just right in sort yeah. of the pocket. And I love it's Casey's got a good voice, sound. yeah, absolutely. Really good sound. So it was just a really wonderful, um, a really wonderful time last night. And I know our dude would have been em- embarrassed probably a little bit, but would have been so unbelievable. He would have been torn. Because the Blues game was on, too. Yeah. And he would have been torn because he would have been like, well, put the Blues game on the TV. <laughs> we'll listen to the music, but i got to watch the hockey game. We can have both of these things going on simultaneously. I doing that. Be like, excuse me, could you put the game on behind the bar? <laughs> well, what was one of the things that, okay, so I was up, so we were up in one of the boxes, and it was me and oh, Mary and Brooke Chambers, uh, Matthew Chambers from Promotion's Wife. All right. And Justin's doing the, you know, the acoustic thing where it's just quiet. All right. But at the bar, they're, like, <laughs> dumping in ice or, like, doing something that is very loud. And <laughs> I just thought of Jeff going, for the love of God, can you just wait until the song's over? Can or, like, you know what I mean? Can like, you not wait? <laughs> for it, sure. It just struck me as a moment that he would be like, come on, a little respect for the guy, man. Even like something like, here, hang on, let me help you with that. Let me get some symbols and help you. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. That is exactly right, man. It is, uh, you know, and it's just, uh, it's just still, still so different, man. So I, and I think too, man, it's good, and I'm really thankful that I've got, you know, you to kind of, kind of talk to about it and work through it or whatever. Because sometimes, man, when we're having bad days, it, we say we ever having bad days, and it somehow weirdly makes it a little bit better, you know. <laughs> it sure does, bro. So neither one of us got to watch the Blues game last I mean, night, and they win. I watched some. Parts of it. All right. In between Bud Lights and other things <laughs> um, last night. Josh Levo got his first goal as a blue. That's fantastic. So that was nice. Get him, you know, you know, pop the uh, the cork, so to say, and maybe he'll start to put the puck in that a little more. Seven goals, man. Seven goals. The Blues are scoring. Yeah. Now they're giving up goals, so too. You know, they gave four goals again last night. Um, you know, Thomas Grice, from what I gather, was you know, pretty good. Um, but you can't give up four goals a game. You can't do that. All right, so let's kind of zero in on this on this defense here lately because it kind of sort of seems to be this reoccurring sort of issue back there. Jamie, what are you seeing? What is is happening? And again, Jamie, I feel like in the last cycle, in the last three-game losing streak where Chief got absolutely out of his mind, it seems like we're hearing some of the same stuff. Guys got to skate harder. Guys got to commit more. Guy, you know, man, like, okay, dudes, we're 30 games into the year. Why yeah. the hell do we still have to be talking about that? Yeah, I don't know why we're still talking about that. Honestly, you're right. But I mean, but you but am I, you know what I'm saying? No, I, mean, I'm, I got you. I got you. And I agree. Uh, from what I see from a defensive standpoint is just not aggressive enough. 
Uh, like too many guys are able to deflect too many pucks in front of the net, not tying up sticks. It's one thing to talk about, oh, boxing out. Okay, fine. But what does it mean? If What good is it if you try to move a guy and he still can get a stick on the puck? Well, then you're not doing what you think you're doing. No. You're, <laughs> in fact, what you're doing is you're causing more of a screen and chaos in front of your own goalie, but you're not you're not taking care of the most dangerous part, which is that guy being able to tip the puck in or play a rebound because you don't tie up his stick. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I see is you know, guys are trying to be physical, but they're not being smart. And, you know, Nico Mikola, I think he's got a bright future ahead of him. But he's always got to cross-check up around the shoulder blades of the opposition, trying to shove them out of the way. Meanwhile, their stick is just hovering around wherever the heck it wants to. And if I'm a guy in the NHL right now, first of all, Nico Mikola, as big as he is, he's not going to move me. He's not. Like, sorry, you better pack a lunch. It ain't happening. You're not that strong. Mm-hmm. And you can't cross-check guys anymore. You can't just come over and just – Yeah, I mean, it's a penalty. I mean, it's, it's a penalty. Easy, yeah. You're done. And so – I'm just going to take the you know the body contact and still put my stick in a position to get a piece of the puck. So nowadays, the best way to do it is to kind of stay loose as a defenseman. Don't tie up until you see that shot come. And when that shot comes, you scoop the stick and then move the guy all in one shot. Just wham. And now he's gone. Stick is up, off the ice, out of the way, and now you're shoving him out of the shot path. That's what you do. That's how you do it. And then you're there standing there to take care of any rebounds that are lying around. I mean, he's not the only one, by the way. I isolate him because I've watched him in the last handful of games kind of doing that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, all of the Blues defensemen are guilty at, of it at some level. Is this, and this this is very much a statement that you might hammer me for, and that's completely fine. Oh, wow, here we but go. But is this a particular situation where maybe that we wished that Tory Krug was a bit more, was bigger and more physical or... Well, it's not fair to put it on Tory Crew. No, 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 okay? no. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. But you also have Nick Letty, who's not all that big. You have Justin Falk, who's not all that big. So mm-hmm. we're gonna hang it on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hang it on them all. Got it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, but you would like to have some size back there. But I don't think it's imperative. Mm-hmm. Like what I'm talking about doesn't require you to be, you know, the Missouri Sasquatch out there. It doesn't. <laughs> no, no, I get it what you're saying. Yeah. It doesn't at all. Quite honestly, it's it's hockey IQ and doing it at the right time. Donnie, back back in my day, um, <laughs> no, but back when I played, like I'm 6'1", 210 pounds, but I'm not a big guy for when I played. Eric Lindros, John LeClaire, Yager, Lemieux. Look at some of the oak trees that were playing in the NHL. Think I could move them every time in front of that? No way. Even if I took a, a baseball swing at the back of their legs, which I did at times, <laughs> and it was allowed. Yeah. Still didn't move them. So you have to th- outthink them a little bit. You have to make sure that your timing is right, that you're tying up the stick, that you're making it impossible for them to score goals. Or maybe you just have to front the puck and eat it. So when the shot's coming from the blue line, you're behind them, and you just get up, get on your knees, and take it in the guts. And then you kick it back out and go. Like, there has to be some kind of a strategy. It, do, it doesn't – you don't have to be a big, strong dude picking up guys and throwing them off yeah. the top rope. Yeah, it, It's not what I'm talking about. Yeah, I understand. I'm talking about just being intelligent 
and your timing is quite honestly, it's everything. Hey, we'll be back with the rest of the Last Minute Blues podcast in just a minute, but want to give a shout out to one of our sponsors, and that is Crestwood Dental Group, Dr. James Maxwell. As a matter of fact, myself and the kiddos will be over at Dr. Maxwell's office on Monday uh, because the kids are there for a checkup. I love the fact that my kids don't dread going to the dentist. I love the fact that I know that my dentist is always learning new things, new ways to do things to make the process easier. Dr. Maxwell just knows what's going on. He hires great people as well. So the staff there is out of this world. If your family needs a dentist, you know how important dental health is and oral health is. So find out more by uh, checking out Dr. Maxwell Crestwood Dental Group at 314-463-5655. That's 314-463-5655. It's Dr. James Maxwell and Crestwood Dental Group, one of the proud sponsors of the Last Minute Blues podcast. So, I don't know. I mean, is this is this fixable? Is this? Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's very fixable, and you just have to point it out, guys. The video doesn't lie. I mean, it shows you everything you need to know, and so you just take a look at that and work on it and practice, work on it in games, and just get better. Uh, yeah, there's pockets of times when the Blues are just fine with it, and so it, that's just one small part of some of the struggles they've had at times this season. I'd, I'd like to see them tighten that up a little bit. I'd like to see the front of the net become uh, more difficult for the opposition as far as scoring goals and just kind of you know getting loose pucks there. Again, I'm not talking about taking someone's head off. I'm talking about picking up sticks and getting rid of pucks. Get rid of the dangerous stuff. Dude, we were talking about this last season. This was a, this was, this was absolutely a topic that, that, that we had before Nick Letty got here, and not that Nick has been physical or any of those sorts of things, but obviously the D, you know, kind of gelled more together once he got here but damn it that is a super freaking frustrating thing when you, you when you kind of see it and and you know I, I want to ask um about a, a couple of things in the last few games one and I do not recall which game if it was it was after it was the uh Jordan Bennington uh Craig Berube's post-game press conference was legitimately as mad as I feel like I have seen him as the Blues coach mm-hmm. It's got to take a lot to get him to that point when he is so visibly angry. And then also, I want to know your thoughts on the Jordan Bennington stuff, the extracurriculars. All right, well, let's start there first. Uh, Listen, he's a competitive, fiery guy, passionate guy. Outbursts like that are okay on occasion. When they're regular, it's too much. Mm Mm-hmm. It loses its luster and, quite honestly, gives the negative attention to the individual in the situation rather than the, hey, he's firing up the guys thing. And I think that's, you know, there's just been too many too many situations this year. The first one where he gets pulled against the L.A. Kings and he chirps their bench going by. The next one is where he shoulder checks Sorokin when the Islanders were in town. At the end of the game, he just shoulders their goalie. The third one is the attempted hit on stall behind the net. And the fourth one in Pittsburgh was, I don't even care about the glove to the face on Zucker, because that was actually an accident. He's trying to just create a little time and space for Justin Faulkner. He's not trying to hit Zucker in the face. He's trying to just get in his way a little bit. So that was an unfortunate event there. But then, you know, chirping the bench and doing that stuff. It becomes a distraction to that player. Your team is one thing. Guys are like, you know, whatever. Guys do get a little bit tired of it like okay come on just go mm-hmm. just go you know uh, but they have their their teammates back at the same time it's just that when it's too 
many times in a very short period of time, then it's not having the effect that you would like. But I like Jordan Bennington to have that fire, that passion, that screw you. That's what makes him a great goalie. That's what gives him that edge is he absolutely hates losing. He yeah. hates being— and you freaking want that. Yeah, you want that. Now he just has to harness it a little more and not do some of those things. I think he knows that. You know, Craig Bruby brought it up. I mean, you don't, you don't think Craig Bruby's talked to him about it before? Of yeah, course I mean, he has. He'd even said that they had had a, had, yeah. had a sit-down and chatted about it, and, and Coach Bruby was very positive about that interaction as well. You know, the tone had changed significantly in the 24 hours since the post well, it always out. does. Yeah. You know, but— Look, Chief, Chief's a passionate guy, man. And you talk about a guy who wants to win. You don't play as long as he did and certainly occupy the role that he had as a player if you don't have that drive, that hunger, that desire to not lose. And so for him to go through some tough patches this season like they have, he's held it together relatively good. And the other night I still think that as fired up as he was, yeah, he still was thought out. It was calm. It wasn't just flying off the, right. you know, he was like, okay, hmm, all right. The PK was horse bleep. Horse bleep, <laughs> yep. It was. It was. And was he, he lying? Re- no, he was not, but it it just, I don't know. The, the cuss word horse bleep is mm-hmm. just one of my favorites anyway, so that when he's throwing it out there and he looks as mad like he wants to rip somebody's head off, I don't know, man. It just adds a little, it just adds a little bit of awesomeness to me. Of course it is. And- some of that, too, you have to understand that that's he's thinking about that. Chief is also realizing in the moment that he's saying certain things. I'm not saying that he's strategically saying them, but he's well aware of what yeah. words he's choosing. Yeah, and no, we've well talked aware. about this. It is kind of strategic, though, really, right? And he's well aware that the players will hear about it. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. There are certain things you want your players to hear that you tell the media or the fans or however you want to you know, talk about it. But guys got to know. They didn't play good. Gave up a lot of power play goals. Tighten it up. No I got more t- horse bleep. Man, I got I to gotta tell you, I just still don't know what to make of these guys. Like, we talked about it when Anthony was in here yeah. a week or two ago. But like, They're all over the place. I just don't know how good I think they are. I think I know how good they can be. Well, that's I- the thing, right? You take their best performance of the season and their worst performance, and you eliminate those, and they're somewhere in the middle. Well, that doesn't make me feel any better, Jamie. Right? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but the good news is, is like I was I was talking to the guys yesterday on the fast lane, and when you pull up the NHL standings, specifically in the Central Division, like the Blues sit at 24 points right now. The Avalanche sit at 27. Like, <laughs> Right. It, 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 it doesn't make any sense. And then the Minnesota Wild are at 28 points. So you're still there. Like, right. I mean, as bad a, as you've been at times this season, you're one three or four game winning streak away from being back in the playoff discussion. Well, and also, too, and something that we've talked about before, you know, like, and again, it's a big if, but if this team can get it together, no matter where they're seated in the playoffs, they would not be a, an easy team or an easy out for your first round matchup. No, absolutely not. I mean, who the hell wants to play against Jordan Bennington in the playoffs? For real. Like, he had the, the bumpy road in the bubble, whatever. I just don't I don't even pay attention to that because that was so unique and yep. whatnot. But you look at his playoff performance in 2019, obviously that speaks for itself. And then you look at his playoff performance last year. He was almost unbeatable 
last year to the to the point where the Colorado Avalanche were like, yeah. "Oh boy, this could this could be bad." And if you get that Jordan Bennington again going into playoffs again this year, you have a chance. You you've given yourself a chance. And if everything starts to click the way it should, it's just like you have the horses. But will they all start running in the same direction at the right time? Right. Hopefully they do. If they do, then they will be problematic for for teams in the playoffs. Okay, so then let me take the other side of that. So then let's say that this up-and-down roller coaster, win three, lose three, it keeps going. Mm -hmm. If you're GM Jamie, and I know we don't talk about players particularly maybe, but like – what are you doing? Are you trying to to spin this off for a minor rebuild? Are you not rebuild? That's the wrong word because you have Cairo and Thomas and so lot. many guys locked up for so many years. There's no such thing as a rebuild. No, but maybe retooling. Maybe that might be yeah, a better. But word. your retooling, quite honestly, would be letting O'Reilly and Tarasenko walk okay. and Barbashev. Mm-hmm. Just letting them walk and say, okay, well, that's fifteen, eighteen million dollars that we've got to spend now. That's your retool because everybody else is pretty much locked up. Under contract or team control, yeah. But but I want Barton and that, here, and I want O'Reilly here. But I don't, and I don't think Tarasenko will be back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, but I went over this yesterday because I know a lot of our listeners get frustrated. We'll just trade him, get this, get that. To who? Right. Like Vladimir Tarasenko has a full no trade clause, mm-hmm. which means he can say, "No, I don't feel like it," and you're screwed. Mm-hmm. So if you find a team that has cap space, which nobody does, by the way, um, that is willing to trade for Vladimir Tarasenko, he can still say no. So the art of the trade game, uh, it's all dollars and cents is what it is. And right now, Vladimir Tarasenko probably gets you a third-round pick if you're going that route. Right. Is that really what you want? I'd rather just let I'd rather just let him play it out. Absolutely. And, and see then what just happens. let him walk. To be honest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if we're close to the playoffs, because I think this team is going to be right in and around that playoff bubble. And so there's no reason for them not to be. That's for there's damn no reason sure. for them not to be. So yeah. then if you're Doug Armstrong, you don't go liquidating at the trade deadline. You kind of you hope you ride it out and you go, OK, here we go. And so hope you catch lightning in a bottle. My rental those... players for this year, instead of trading for them, my rental players will be Ryan O'Reilly and Vladimir Tarasenko and Ivan Barbashev because they have expiring contracts. I know what they are. They're my rental players. I'm going to treat them just that way. What have you thought of Barbie in 2022? Tough so far. I love him as a player. I think unfairly, it was great that he scored 26 goals last year. Right. But it's unfair to expect that from him. And you said that last year while it was happening. I said he's a 10 to 15 goal scorer. Uh, Well, I'd love for him to be a 20 goal scorer. Right. On on a yearly basis. It'd be great. Congratulations to him. I just don't think he's that guy. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I think the market is correcting itself right now, and Barbie's having a hard time finding the back of the net. It's unfortunate because I love the player. I love the individual. But it's not like he doesn't bring things to the table. He still does. He, he gets out there. He, uh, you know, he's great on the forecheck. He's tough in front of the net. He's a, he's a really good player. But I don't think he's a 25-goal or 26-goal guy. See, see here's, here's where my fanness comes in. And I'm, as you're t- telling me all of these things, and I understand them, uh-huh. But I'm still thinking in my head, but I love Barbie. Uh-huh. But then the rash or the other side of me thinks, but I bet you there's another guy out there, if Barbie walks, that we can get to do that job for probably cheaper. It's not like he brings something to the yeah. table that no one else does. No, those, those players, there's an abundance of those players. 
And I'm not saying he's just an everyday. Yeah, and I don't mean to say it that way either. I'm not either. Uh, But there are a lot of guys that can do that role, play third, fourth line minutes, give you 10 goals a year, and they're not going to cost you you 2.6 or 2.8, whatever he's making this year. You can find a guy for a million bucks to do that. Right. I mean, Achari. I mean, for the, for for goodness sakes. I mean, he is yeah, he just Achari, Well, he's on like twenty five goal pace now. Jesus, <laughs> crazy because that 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 that's not real either. You know, he did have twenty goals the one season in Florida, but that's an anomaly. Look at his stats. Some seasons he had five goals, seven goals, then twenty goals. You're like, wait, what happened here? Um, but it's great. He's getting opportunity. He's capitalized. He's finding the back of the net. If he gets 20 goals, great. Yeah, yeah. Are you kidding abs- me? Absolutely. I'm going to be thrilled for the guy. So the news hasn't exactly completely broken yet, but it looks as though, onto a change of topic, and I didn't like, like uh, you know, transition. No, you didn't do a very good job. But it looks as though, uh, you know what? As of right now, uh, the St. Louis Cardinals have signed all-star catcher Wilson Contreras to a five-year deal worth $87.5 million. Wait a minute. Eighty-seven and a half million. Eighty-seven and a half Let's million. Let's do some math here. So that is, that's seventeen and a half million a year. That's not that bad, actually. Actually, it's really not. And then you've got your catcher, and then you've got somebody to hit after Goldschmidt, right? Or Arenado, probably, probably yeah. in the five. Yeah, or or before them, at second. Yeah. What do you think of this? This is good. Uh, I think it's a great deal. Yeah, breaking news. Look at that. I think it's great for the, for the Cardinals. I think it's great for Cardinal Nation because the Cardinals aren't usually a team that make uh, free agent splashes. Yeah. They're usually via trade. And then when they get the player here, then they re-sign them. You know, like McGuire, Edmonds, Holiday, Like, go through the list of yeah. players. So for them to go out there and just sign a guy for five years, the best catcher out there on the market, I'd say that's a pretty darn big deal here in Cardinal Nation. I like it. It gives I'm me proud a, of you, Mo. Give, give, gives growing me up, you to be a little bit excited because I also found out about an hour ago that Von Miller is out for the entire year for uh, Buffalo. He uh, they went in to do exploratory surgery yesterday. Found out he had a torn ACL, so he is uh, out for the remainder of the 2022 season for Buffalo. Not great, Donnie. I'm sorry about that. I love sports and hate sports so much at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) For our buddy Jeff Burton, Jamie Rivers, Donnie Fandango, as always, thank you for listening to the Last Minute Blues Podcast. Let's go, Blues! The Last Minute Blues Podcast. Hear more at 1057thepoint.com. Powered by Together Credit Union. Empowering you to achieve your financial goals.